0: Welcome back to the Crush the Fuck podcast. Today we're going to talk about the art of not being judgmental. How it influences our happiness and how it can make us a better person once we realize that judging others is a crime. I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, but it's actually true. How many of us have found ourselves judging others? This can happen on many levels. We could judge people for what they wear, what they look like, the decisions that they make. Uh, their moral compasses, their disabilities, and social media has been an absolute killer in this, and it's like like putting gasoline on a fire. This all starts when we're kids. I always talk about how the word bullying is such an overused word, right? Everybody gets bullied. And when you think about bullying, quote-unquote, when you're a kid, it's not necessarily about getting picked on at the bus stop and those kind of things. But it actually starts uh, with the judgment of fellow uh, students when you're in school, people of your own age, and you start to really start to put together this ideology in your mind of what, what somebody is because of their upbringing, the money that they have or don't have, the color of their skin, their athletic abilities, how they dress, what they smell like, what they look like, their hobbies if they're cool, if they're not cool, who they hang out with. All these judgments start really as we're kids in, in, in the very, very, very early adolescent years. And I kind of feel like that's like the first feeling of bullying someone or taking aim at someone a lot of times to make yourself feel better or because of the peer pressure that you get put on by fellow friends. Um, a, a story that kind of brings you me back metaphorically to to how this is as a child. I remember being in sixth grade. At the time, I think it was about 1988, somewhere around there, the Michael Jordan sneakers had just come out. It was a big deal. Now, at that time, I was living in a small trailer park uh, in a place called Loudoun, New Hampshire. Uh, for those people that don't even though New Hampshire is a state, it's a state, it's where I grew up. But there's a small town there called Loudoun, New Hampshire. It's maybe got about 6,000 people in it. And in this town, there's this trailer park. And there's a couple of things that happened to me. Those are very, very critical years of my upbringing. Because I was pretty much living in that trailer park from about age 9 to, uh, or maybe 8 to 11 or somewhere in that range. I was there for a few years. And a lot, And those are very critical years. And It was really my true first ever exposure to bullying and or being judged by others. So for me, I remember these, these Michael Jordan sneakers had just come out and everybody had them, right? It was like the big thing to have at school. Of course, living in a trailer park, my family didn't have a lot of money and we certainly didn't have $100 to spend. I think at the time the sneakers were $80 and back in the 1980s, that's like that's like $150 now. But everyone that was like the cool kids, quote unquote, had these sneakers. And I can remember going to school and I think at the time we were probably shopping at these, these small... Um, I would shop at I guess goodwill, which now I choose to do uh, because I can find some really cool vintage things there but at the time uh, it was not a place that, that you would go as a kid to shop if you wanted to be cool. you know all the other cool kids were shopping at the mall while I was shopping at places called Bradley's or Ames or Rich's. If you grew up in the New England area you'll certainly know that these are these are the supermar- uh not the supermarkets the department stores. Before there was the Walmarts of the world that came and just kind of crushed um, retail as we know it. So my shoes would come from these, these department stores, Rich's, Bradley's, or Ames. I remember one time buying a sneaker called Ponies. P-O-N-Y-S. They had a little black check mark on them. And I thought they were so cool. They are probably like $15 sneaker, $10 sneakers. And when you're a kid... You care so much about what other people think of you. It really kind of puts you into a box of if you're a cool kid, the confidence that comes with that. If you're not a cool cool, cool kid, the unconfidence that comes with that and how it really affects maybe your social circles, your grades, the way you can focus at school. You're, you know, And those confidence boosters play a huge role growing up, and I think that they play uh, an even bigger role as time goes on. We don't realize that we're still suffering from a lot of these things in our later years into our adulthood. So I got these pony sneakers, and I remember this kid, his name was Dave. I can't remember his last name. But I never. He was kind of a good-looking kid. He had the the ears pierced, the curly hair. He always had the cool clothes. I remember him kind of picking on me and like, oh, Justin's got ponies on. And I didn't know what the hell that even meant. Um, but I knew that when other kids were laughing at me that I didn't have the nice stuff. So I, I can remember going home and feeling like less of a person, less of a, you know, less of a, an individual, not, not as, as socially accepted or as cool uh, as these kids were. The kids I wanted to be like, you know, the, they were always maybe a little ahead of me in puberty or they were just a little bit more, um, you know, more rebellious, you know, I, I guess for lack of a better term. So this kind of, this early mindset that I had that I was not adequate because I couldn't afford, the, you know, the, the Jordans sneakers that these other kids had really, really was uh, troubling for me. So I remember one night specifically, I we we're, were in the... We're in the trailer, in the living room. Now, I lived in a a three-bedroom mobile home, a single-wide mobile home. And my mom, uh, you know, I'll never forget, you know, she was, I've been pretty uh, candid with you and with her, uh, you know, has been battling uh, alcoholism her her entire life. And I love her death, and she always did the best she could by me, but it wasn't always easy. And I remember one night, I was in the living room. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. Again, I'm 10 years old. And my mom's been drinking and I'll never forget, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses came on the radio. And when it came on, my mom's like, you know, she's a little bit drunk, and she said, you know, come over here and dance with your mom. Come dance with your mom. And I was always like, oh, I'm not gonna dance with your mom. Like she's I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'll dance with you if you buy me a pair of these Jordan sneakers. And she was intoxicated, and she's like, whatever, I'll buy you whatever you want. Just come dance with your mom. I said, you promise me you'll buy me these Jordan sneakers. Now, I know damn well that's a lot of money. But, of course, you're 10 years old. You don't know what that is. But looking back on it in retrospect, that's a shit ton of money for my family. That was like an entire paycheck for my mom. So I danced with her, and we're dancing in the living room, having this slow dance moment. And next day, I said, well, you got to bring me to Joe King's. It was this little little sneaker shop in Concord, New Hampshire. I said, you gotta bring me to Joe King's. I gotta get these, these Jordans. You know, it was a Saturday afternoon. I said, I gotta have these things. So, she held up her end of the bargain. I'll never forget, I will never forget going to the store and buying these pair of Jordan sneakers and being like, I can still smell the box to this day. Like, oh my god, I am now one of them. I'm now gonna be accepted because I've got these fucking sneakers that everybody else has that's cool. And I remember going to school that day, and I, w- I remember wearing those things. I had a pair of jams on. If you remember jams, it's when you pulled up your, your pants, kind of rolled up your socks a little bit, and I had these white Jordans on. Oh, man, it was a game changer in how I felt. I was I, I was like, I knew I wouldn't be judged anymore, and I knew that, that kind of that feeling of being less... Um, Lessen stature to the uh, to my fellow students, you, you know that that would kind of dissipate because of this. So this is kind of like my first impression uh, that I. could, This is my first recall looking back on my adolescent years of like wow, being judged. I can also remember, you know, all the times where uh, I had a couple friends. I, I had a uh, I had a friend named Scott when I was uh, probably in about sixth grade. He was kind of um. He would. I remember he would as, uh, and I mean this respectfully. He would wet the bed even at an older age, and sometimes he would smell uh, like he'd been wetting the bed. And we would go to school, and all the kids would pick on him. And I didn't feel. I felt like like I'd have to pick on him too because, like you know, I, I didn't want to be like the uncool kid that wasn't picking on him. So you kind of get this peer pressure of like, yeah, yeah, you smell, yeah, blah, blah, how kids are, right? This is this is really, and I think that everybody here that's listening to this can can recall times like this in your life where people would gang up on other people and it's very, very, very rare at that age that you can find, well, I guess at any age, but really at that age that you could find the courage to stand up against the tribe, against this, this, all these cronies of people who are really passing down negativity on somebody. So, I mean, feeling like someone's judging you for what you have or what you don't have feeling someone's judging you for who you are, what your environment is. People didn't realize that my buddy Scott was dirt poor. His parents lacked hygiene. Uh, you know, you are you are susceptible to what it is that your family has uh, as far as an upbringing. And, of course, it translated that. So it's, uh, it's easy to, to team up against someone, it's very easy to do that. And that brings us to social media today. How common is it when somebody bashes somebody to just jump on that gravy train and just start bashing away because we start learning these ideologies, these bad manners, this lack of cooth. we learn this at such an early age. Um, you know it's not okay, but you lack the confidence, even as an adult, to really combat that. I have friends, even my adult life, and i walk by They'll look at someone who's overweight and be like, dude, look at the fucking size of that guy. And I pride myself now. I pride myself on breaking that trend and going, bro, what the fuck? Like that person may have diabetes. They may have you don't know that person's circumstance. You don't know what they're going through. And why? Because you're a good-looking, you know, person, or you've been fortunate enough to be. Does not mean you're any greater than that person. Once people realize and can digest the fact that we are all 100 percent equal. This is not just something you read, you know, in the Bible. This is real life. There is nobody, despite your your gender, uh, who you like in that gender, your skin color, your your how much monetary value you have or don't have none of those things play a role in making somebody better than the other person so the idea of judgment is 100% self created in which the individual lacks insecurity and or lacks confidence or lacks the ability to stand up for themselves even as an adult really making you what i would consider to be a, a, having a weakness so i have i'm sure in my life i have judged and judged and judged but I pride myself now on the art of not being judgmental. Truly not being judgmental. Even to the fact where somebody could do something so wrong, some of the most heinous crimes, some of the worst things you could ever read or think about, and I still go, well, there's probably something wrong with that person. That person needs help. I've come to, I've come to realize that there's not one person who can look in the mirror and say, that human being looking back at me is not without fault. And it's important to realize that the person you see in the mirror is not without fault. And having, and having humility to understand that and to adopt that emotion and that feeling is the first step to the art of not being judgmental. It's easy to team up on people. Even though you know it's not okay, you lack the confidence. You know, you are uh, in the workplace and you're with your boss, and your boss is saying something negative about somebody maybe that you work with. And you even if you don't agree, you kind of don't disagree with him or her. You lack that power to stand up and go, you know what? I think you're wrong. And that is such an empowering feeling. When you can actually stop judging and stop others from judging and lead that charge, that is an empowering feeling. It's like you just become this incredible leader with this this superhero power to, to, despite the circumstances, despite the judgment somebody's casting on somebody else, to stand alone and go, nah, I'm not going to be a part of this. It's not okay. And to stand up for that person. Because we know how much it hurts to be judged. I live in a world where I'm judged as much as anyone. Having fame, putting myself out there on social media, I'm one sneeze, one small mistake away from, you know, at all times, from feeling like the world is judging me. Every move I make in being judged, the more famous you are, the more you're being judged. Nobody likes that feeling. Nobody likes to walk down the street and be judged because maybe you feel like you have a, a fat ass, or maybe you can't afford some nice clothing, or maybe, you know, you feel like the car they're getting into is not nice. Nobody wants to feel judged. We want to feel human. And if you know that feeling of what it's like to be judged and you know how much it fucking hurts and you combine that with the confidence you get by standing up for somebody who is being judged you start to get the power and the feel that helps you with the art of not being judgmental. It sucks when someone judges us. Especially our loved ones. They can judge our decisions Our actions, our moral compass. And what sucks is it really starts to put us in this mindset where because of the judgment of other people have on us, it starts to kind of choose our paths for us. We start making decisions predicated around the judgment of others. You go to buy a car. I wonder what someone's going to think about if I drive this car. Who gives a fuck what that person thinks about driving that car? It's your car we start to take what people's judgment of our uh, of us are and apply that to our decision making which leaves us in this deficiency of happiness how the fear of what others thinks gives us the most in- most incredible anxiety repeat that again how the fear of what others think about us gives us the most incredible anxiety. If there was a world of no judgment, if there's a world where no matter what your actions were, no matter the decisions that you made, the only person that would judge you is you, your anxiety would go down by about 100%. The fear that we have of other people and what they think of us is so real And we don't even realize it because it starts in our adolescent years. It starts when we're kids. The fear of what other people think of us gives us such huge anxiety. So practice humility. Focus on not allowing others' judgments of you to change your humility, to change your scope of how you operate because you can still control your reaction. And if you're somebody out there who's judging other people, Practice the art of not. Give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Everyone. Don't argue. If somebody's on a, my Facebook page and says something shitty about me, don't argue. Kindly correct them and move on. They're right. They have the right to their own opinion. I'm not perfect. I have plenty of haters. I'm fine with that. But if I can change one person's mindset from being a judgmental person to being a non-judgmental person, and I'm not just saying don't judge. I'm saying perfect the art of not being judgmental. I can sit here and tell you 100% that my empathy, my humility, are the recipe for someone who does not judge. I'll sit there with a murderer and try to understand where they're coming from. I don't take anybody's actions. I haven't walked in their shoes. And they're not, those actions that they have, they're not for me to judge. And on that note, how many of us make decisions, we make we make our minds up about other people based off the information that somebody gives us about that person. I heard Joe's an asshole. So? You think he's an asshole? Your, your, your option is to agree that Joe's an asshole? Or to say, you know what? I haven't met him. I have no idea. I'll judge for myself. I've actually met Joe. He's a great guy. When you agree with somebody's negative approach on somebody else, you're giving them the affirmation that their judgment is warranted. And it makes you an equal, an equal part of that judgment. It makes you an accessory to judgment. Stand up for people. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Perfect the art of not being judgmental. It'll lead you to a happier life It'll lead you to have much more humility and it allows you to be able to move on and understand that people, a lot of times, are just judging out of their own insecurities, their own hate, their own issues. I know damn well 99% of the people that hate me have probably never even had a conversation with me. And same goes for you. mine just on a larger scale. So let's all focus on perfecting the art of not being judgmental. Let's not just not be judgmental. Let's actually adopt it. Feel it in our fucking cores. Stop casting judgment. It's a much better way to live life. A much more humane way to live life. And ultimately lead to a lot more happiness. I'm out of here. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Crush the Fuck podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and visit chaosandkindness.com for more.